CU College, how we feel tonight? We feel good? Man, I cannot believe it is the first week of August. That, that just blows my mind. It really, really does. It means that we're one week closer to school starting and one week closer to, one, one week closer to getting those degrees. Who's gonna graduate this December? Anybody in here? Like who's gonna have that degree, that paper? There you go, there you go. You get that paper this December, I'm fired up for that. And then also it means that we're one week closer to Christmas, which I just love Christmas time. Christmas time is my favorite. Um, I talk about it all year long. And so it really is my favorite. Guys, thank you so much for being here. If it is your first time here, I want you to know that I believe that the most important thing that you can give somebody is your time. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And then also, can we give it up for our CU College podcast listeners as well? Can we do that? It's cool. It's all up to date. Um, I've become a really big podcast listener over the last couple of weeks, and I went back and listened to Pastor Avery's uh, message a couple of weeks ago. Pastor Avery's in the house. He did a fantastic job. Uh, he really did. Uh, but what I found is that Pastor Avery doesn't think that our interns are adults at all. I actually remember that, or, or even us in the college ministry. And I, what I find so funny about that is Pastor Avery's like, you know, 19 himself. So the fact is that he, he said that, that's crazy, but no, we love you. Thank you so much for preaching, Pastor Avery. I know I talked about it last week, but thank you so much uh, for that and for blessing us with that. I love that. Well, um, as I finished last week's message, I was, I was man, just really excited because I, I felt in the middle of the message that God was like, hey, you need to speak on this topic next week. So as I walked off stage, I went up to, to Matt Gresham, who's on our team here at CU College. I said, look, I already know what I'm talking about next week. I, re I really do it. He goes, sweet, write it, make it happen. And just like what I would say to him. And so I did. And so I'm excited for this. So if you're looking for the title of tonight's message, if you're looking for notes, it's called Why Choose Humility? Why Choose Humility? Now that, kind of, that should get us into a mindset of where we're gonna be stretched, where we're gonna grow tonight is in the mindset of what does it look like to live a humble life? What does it look like to be known for your humility. It's the story of this, this older guy, this elderly man who was speaking to a bunch of young adults, just like what's going on tonight. And he was a guy who wasn't just an elderly man. I mean, he was an Olympic athlete. He had all the medals. He had all the awards. I mean, if you went into this dude's office, he had, you know, medal after medal. He had award after award. He had certificate after certificate about how great of a track runner he was. And so he went and spoke at the, this conference with young adults and they left with a standing ovation. He walked off and he was just thinking to himself, he's like, man, that was so good. Uh, they, they loved me. This was great. And so as he's down on the front row and he's shaking hands, shaking hands, shaking hands, he begins to think, how awesome would it be if I didn't just speak to kids anymore who somewhat knew my story and knew who, who I was, but how awesome would it be if I went and spoke at nursing homes and to people my age who remembered me? Right, Jason? Like, how awesome would that be? And so I'd take some medals with me. I'd be able to take some certificates, maybe take some pictures, sign a few autographs, you know, nothing crazy, but they would want to They'd want to know who I am. And so he does that. The very next week, he sets it up. He calls a nursing home. He goes in. And to his surprise, there was nobody waiting for him in the hallway when he came walking in. And then when he got into the room where he was supposed to be speaking, there wasn't really many people. There was one lady who was there, and, and she was elderly. Obviously, it's a nursing home. And he goes up to her. He says, hey, good morning. And he just kind of smiles like that. And she goes, good morning. How are you doing? He goes, I don't, do you, do you know who I am? And she goes, no, I don't. But if you're looking for where to check in, it's actually at the front desk. That's, where, that's what she thought he was there for. And he just thought so highly of himself that he was gonna go in and there was gonna be this loud applause and this big crowd because that's what he wanted. Here's what's funny is that humility 
humility in our life can either uh, propel you in growth or can actually decrease you if you don't have it. It really can't. It really can't. And so when you have humility in your life, you will find yourself in, in places, places that you should never, should never because, because you're making it about your, about your, about others, about others, and you're making it about God. If you ever, you ever want, man, how does, man, how does that person have that at a young age? Well, they figured something out that you haven't figured out yet, and that's how to make their life not about themselves, but about other people. And so that is what tonight is gonna be about. So we're gonna dive in. Each of these start with humility, so it's pretty easy to take notes tonight, but here's the first one. Humility gives God the credit. Humility gives God the credit. If you're looking for what it looks like to be humble, if you're looking to have humility in your life, to get it off of yourself, you need to go ahead and give God the credit. Check out what 1 Corinthians 1 verse 31 says. It says, therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It's pretty simple. Don't boast in yourself. Don't boast in the things that you've done. Boast in the Lord. See, when we choose to be humble in our work and our servanthood and everything else that we do, we give God the credit. You know, the cool thing about humility is humility actually begins to change you from the inside out. You get happy when your life is not about you, when it becomes about other people. Some of you know that. Some of you are just, just naturally humble. Some of you are just naturally humble. You, you, you want to make things about other people. Maybe it was because it's not natural to you, but it's the way that you were raised. Hey, you know, I'm always going to look for ways that I can serve other people or serve the local church, whatever that looks like for you. And so you are just naturally humble. And so you actually live a more free life because it's happier to make other people happy. You're way more excited to see somebody else smile and that makes you smile. And so when we begin to give God the credit, Humility makes you excited about that. Humility agrees and is glad that God acts in a way to take the focus off of us and put on to him. And so a question for us is, when I say that, does that actually make you happy? When I say humility gives God the credit, or are you like, no, I, I want the credit. I want people to know how good I am. I want people to know how great I am. I don't know if we would ever say that out loud, but so many of us have thought it that way. That's why we have to talk about it so many times. That's why we have companies who have to fire employees because all they wanna do is make it about themselves and not other people. Humility is not this crazy idea. I'm not gonna blow you away with any notes tonight. But I think if you were begin to apply this to your life, you'll see your life change. And so humility really does give God the credit when applied to your life. Here's the other thing. Humility recognizes the gifts of God. Did you know that you all have gifts? Did you know that? You have gifts, and I always say gifts for, for people that, you know, you might be gifted in a similar way as somebody else, but I kind of say they're like thumbprints. We all have a different thumbprint. We do. My wife is pregnant right now. She's 26 weeks pregnant, and my baby is going to come out, and she's going to have the only thumbprints that baby Laurel has ever, like, like nobody else is going to have her thumbprints. And so each of us have that. And so each of you have giftings to fulfill the purpose of God, and they all fall under certain giftings, but you have giftings that are special for you on how you can have a purpose in this world and how you can make an impact for the Lord. And so humility recognizes the gifts of God. Check out James 1, 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every good and, gift and perfect gift comes from God. And so whatever talents, whatever intelligence, whatever skills, whatever gifts, whatever looks, whatever pedigree, whatever possessions, whatever wit, whatever influence you have, you need to put away the pride and begin to put God in front of your life because the gifts that you have are not from you, they are from God. They really are. And if you have ever kid yourself and thought, 
man, look at what I'm great at. Look at what I'm good at. And you begin to believe that lie. It doesn't mean that you aren't using your gifts in a powerful way. I'm not saying that. But if you begin to believe the lie that you have gifts because of you, you will begin to further yourself away from where God wants you. It always happens. Why do you think we see you know, big celebrities fall? It's because, man, it's all about me. It's all about me. We might tell you, oh, please stop, but come on, you know, like, come on. It's all about me. That is the difference between humility and pride. The gifts that we have, we wanna make about ourselves when instead we need to recognize, God, everything I have is yours anyway. So I wanna glorify you with them. And so I love that. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. You know, I wish that I would have learned this at a younger age. I'm about to be 27, so I wouldn't say that I'm old, but I wouldn't say that I'm young either. Okay, I'm almost 30. Um, and a lot of people would say, no, it's super young. You have the rest of your life. But, you know, I don't know about you. Sometimes when you get to be 20, 21, 22, you're like, I, I have so much that I want to get done, and I'm missing out on time. Anybody ever feel that way? It's like, man, I, if I can just get through this degree, or, or man, if they would just recognize what I could do, like, I would be able to make a change. But we, we get into this mindset that we're losing time when instead God's going, no, I want to encourage you in this season to get you ready for what I have for you for the rest of your life. I want you to grow in your giftings. I want you to grow in your character because yes, you have talent, but your talent will get you somewhere and your character will keep you there. If you don't have the character and you're not humble enough to realize it, then your talent will actually be your demise because you'll be all about you. And instead, that talent will actually take you away from what God has for you. See, humility is the key. Humility is the key. And so I wish I would have learned this at a younger age. I remember being 20, 21, I had just started to preach and I wouldn't say that I'm a great preacher now. I really wouldn't. There's, there's far greater preachers even in this room. There really are. You've heard many of them. I wouldn't say I'm a great preacher now. But I remember just starting to preach and, and guys, I feel so bad because I was awful. I was awful. Our camp speaker this year for our high school camp, uh, Josh Rye was an intern at his church. We had like 10 students that he let me preach in front of and I'm pretty confident nine of them left in the middle of the message. It was bad. It was bad, y'all. It was bad. We were joking about it. I'm actually preaching at his church a couple, in a couple months and he was like, this could be your first time preaching since then. I said, yeah, I hope not 90% of the room really leaves when I'm preaching. Okay, that's my, that's my number one job, number one goal. But I remember preaching and getting off stage and, and Dara, who, man, she's just so sweet. Man, if you don't have a spouse, man, find one that's gonna encourage you, that's gonna, gonna love you even in the midst of knowing that it's not great <laughs> what you're doing. So I remember getting off stage, she goes, babe, that was actually really good. Cause she's super critical. It's like, that was actually really good. Like I'm, I'm like, that was good. And I remember my response wasn't, yeah, you're right. Cause God had done this or, or I prayed. My response was, well, you know, this, this week I had read this book and on preaching and, and I had gone over my notes so much and, and I had listened to this preacher and this preacher and this preacher and this preacher. And did you hear that? Did you, did you hear that I, I kind of took this comedian and, and made it here? I was making it all about what I had done instead of going, man, yeah, I just, I sat in the presence of God. I, I, I was able to pray. I, I was, it'll be encouraged. At no point, I, I think back on that because I didn't even realize it then what I was doing, but I think back on that moment, like, man, I didn't have it right. And I wondered why God wasn't excelling me to where I needed to be or where I wanted to be. And actually I was where I needed to be. Let me re rephrase that. I wasn't where I wanted to be, but God had me where I needed to be because I needed to learn some lessons before I was put in a position that was actually gonna be my downfall. Guys, 
we have to learn the art of humility. We have to realize that humility recognizes the gifts of God. Are we supposed to grow in our giftings? Of course you are. That's why there's school. That's why there's education. That's why there's conferences. That's why there's leaders, mentors in our life. You're supposed to grow in your gifts. But does this mean that you get credit for them? No, it doesn't. What it does mean is that they are all given freely from God for us to steward. And so if you aren't growing, you're not being a good steward with your giftings. If God's given you the gift of communication, you should be growing in communication. If God's given you the gift of preaching, you should be growing in, in preaching. If God's given you the gift to, to be a, a teacher or, or whatever you want, politician, whatever you want, you should be growing in that area to honor God there. You should be. It doesn't just happen in ministry. It happens all across the world. It happens in every single facet of jobs. But you gotta remember, it's not, it's not you who should get the credit. It's not you who earned those gifts. Because just like they were given freely, they can be taken away quick. And so always remember, be humble or you will be humbled. And I wanna live a life where I'm able to be down on my knees before God has to force me down on my knees. And so please, please, please hear me. This might be a big warning sign for somebody in here. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before you have to be humble. Here's the next thing. Humility is rooted in what Jesus did for us. You know, true humility is actually found at the foot of the cross. True humility in life, true humility when we exhibit it to other people is actually found with Jesus who was on a cross, who died for our past, present, and future says That is where true humility is found. Check out Colossians chapter three, verse 12 through 13. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, forgiving each other, forgiving each other. Maybe you have somebody in your life who needs forgiveness because they've done you wrong. Maybe you need forgiveness because you've done somebody wrong. You need to forgive one another. Life is too short to keep holding on to a grudge. Life is too short. Forgiveness is the key to let you out of that prison. I promise you, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And the interesting thing about this text is that it talks about our, our humble willingness to forgive somebody. Does it mean that you're gonna have to go to a cross and, and die yourself, praise God? No. But what it does mean is that just like Jesus humbly gave himself and his life on a cross for us, we should be able to go some, to somebody and say, hey, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. You're right. And it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily agree that they called you out for whatever it was. It doesn't mean that you have to necessarily agree with the way that it happened or whatever. But it does mean that, hey, I'm sorry, because I, I obviously offended you. I obviously got that wrong. And so I just, I just want you to know, I'm sorry. Can I get forgiveness? Because at that point, when you say, I'm sorry, you're forgiving yourself. And then if somebody has offended you, and I'm talking about a true offense, somebody has offended you and they apologize, we are supposed to give forgiveness, guys, because Jesus forgave us and our mistakes and our mess ups. And so we are supposed to give forgiveness. Humility is always found in what Jesus did for us. Now check out the last one. That's where we're gonna kind of sit for a moment. Is humility serves others. Humility serves others. Humility serves, period. 
See, when we choose to give something of ourselves, our time, our energy, our finances, our resources, our, our life, when you choose to give something, you are actually exhibiting the most Christ-like thing that you can because Christ gave. And so when we give, we are being most like Christ in that moment. See, humility serves others. God gave everything in his son, Jesus. And Jesus gave everything in the form of his life. So humility serves others. See, check out Philippians chapter two, verse three through eight. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Thanks, my niece, you hear that. In humility, count others, count others more significant than yourselves. Count others more significant than yourselves. Man, life about you, when you're walking through life and every single day, it's how can I get better? How can I do this? How can I do that? It's emotionally and physically and spiritually exhausting. Do you wanna know how to get the most out of life? Make your life about serving others. Why do you think our lead pastor, Pastor Bill, his wife, Miss Jessica, their kids, Mason, Cole, so why do you think their life has been so fulfilling? Because they made their life about others. They came to a city where they didn't know anybody. We have examples all around us. We have an example every single Sunday of a pastor who gets up on a stage and says, hey, you wanna know what faith looks like? It means you go to a city and you don't know anybody, nobody. We kid ourselves looking at Church Unlimited and going, oh, well, they just got it all together. Go back to 24 years ago. I would say, I mean, he talked on it after his 100 hours of prayer. Talk about humility. Most humble thing that anybody could do, all because of his love for others. See, guys, we have to realize that life has to be about others. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, this is really cool, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. I don't think we understand that about Jesus. Jesus was in heaven. And we think of a mission trip as, oh, we're gonna go to this third world country. We're gonna go to here. We might build a house. We might build a, a, a thing for water to go. We might do that. But in a week later, I'm gonna be able to come back and have my Chick-fil-A. Jesus's mission was different. He's going, I'm gonna make myself nothing to where I can ultimately give everything for people. Jesus made himself nothing. It says, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. It says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, humility measures everything it does by whether it serves the good of other people. Here's a question I've been pondering all week. Am I feeding my ego or am I feeding the faith of others? Am I making everything about me? Am I feeding my own ego? 
Or am I going, no, 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 I wanna take every single breath that I have and make things about others. I wanna be able to give, give faith. I wanna be able to feed faith to other people. I want when people see me, I want them to see it, a close thing to Jesus. We ain't perfect. We're supposed to point people to the perfect one. You can only do that with a humble heart. It's really, really hard. I've tried. It's really, really hard to point people to the most humble individual to ever walk on this earth in Jesus by making it all about yourself. I believe that God wants a generation of adults, young adults, whatever you wanna say, Gen Z, whatever you wanna say, millennials, I don't, I don't even know where we all fall in. What I do know is that God wants a generation to rise up and say, it's not about me. My parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, they, they try that. It's not about me. I wanna make this life about my community. I wanna make this life about others. And if we can get that right, CU College, we're gonna see a city change. If we can get that right, you're gonna see your community change. If we can get that right, you're gonna see your friends come to know Jesus. We're gonna see revival break out because it's not gonna be about what's going on in this room. It's gonna be about what's going on outside, bringing people here. We gotta get it off of ourselves. Am I feeding my own ego? Am I feeding the faith of others? What Jesus said, for even the son of man did not come to be served. Did you know that? Jesus says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if Jesus came to serve, why can't we serve? If Jesus humbled himself, why can't we humble ourselves? The simple cop-out and truthful answer and honest answer is, well, we're just sinners. I mean, I, I'm a, it's my nature. It's, it's, it's against my nature to humble. I get that. And I'm not saying you're gonna be perfect, but I am saying that we gotta progress towards Jesus. We gotta make ourselves more like him. And there's no way better to start by being humble. You know, sometimes I'll sit down, it doesn't matter what age, adults, young adults, students, it doesn't matter. And they'll say, man, pastor, I'm just really not in the, the season, because I always say season, I don't even know where this word can, I always say season, season of life to serve. And my response, and I don't ever say it out loud, in my mind, I always go, I'm so grateful that Jesus wasn't in a season where he couldn't die on a cross for me. I really am. Because it's not a, oh, it's a season to serve or not a season. No, 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 no. We're just called to serve. You're called to love your neighbor. What are the two most important things that Jesus said? Love God and love people. How do you do that? Well, you love God by being in a relationship with him. But if you love God, you're naturally gonna wanna go out and serve people because that's how you're gonna love people. And so something that we talk a lot about is God loves Corpus Christi, Texas. God loves San Antonio, Texas. God loves Padre Island. God loves Rockport. God loves South Texas, the coastal bit. Why aren't we doing it? I loved hearing this week. Pierce, Rudy, Pastor Joe, Olivia. Y'all are, they're all bragging on our San Antonio people. We got some San Antonio people in here. All bragging on, they're like, oh, a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year old kids. They, did, they call them kids too. Like a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year olds. They just going downtown, just sharing the love of Jesus sharing the gospel. You know, I loved hearing in Pastor Avery's message. A bunch of interns who gave their summer for this. 
to see more and more life change, see over 400 students come to know Jesus in the last two months. Just something to celebrate. I don't think y'all heard me. 400 students came to know Jesus this, this summer. I know I might hear from my team, you mentioned student ministry. 400 people come to know Jesus. I don't care what age they are. My five-year-old daughter comes to know Jesus tonight. I don't care what age she is, she knows Jesus. They go over to Westside. They serve the local community. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you served? In this ministry, we have 40 to 50 young adults that make this thing happen. This thing don't happen because of me. Don't have it because of Macy. They don't have it because of production. We got people up here who are serving in worship. We got people back there serving in production. We got people serving at the front doors. We got people serving to make this experience happen. When was the last time you served? When was the last time that we said, you're right, this one's mine. I need to serve. I need to get involved. I need to get plugged in so I can continue to make an impact. It's not a gimmick. Serving really does change your life. And so I would hate to get at the end of this message and not have something to do, right? Right? It's August 11th. Everybody say August 11th. This Wednesday. This Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. Get there at nine. We're gonna serve our city. We're gonna go to our Westside campus. We talked about it a little bit last week, but tonight's message, all about it. We're gonna go over to our Westside missions. There's some people who don't eat without going to Westside Missions. There's some people who don't get clothes without going to Westside Missions. There's some kids who don't have school supplies. They don't go there. See, but here's the deal is they need people who serve every single week. They need people who serve, who wanna be the hands and feet of Jesus and serve our community. And so I wanna encourage you. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. I wanna encourage you right now. Just to where you're not influenced by somebody, or would you not be looking around? But if you're sitting in here and you're saying, you know what, I can do that. I can serve August 11th, I can make that happen. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise your hand. If you're going, I can be there on August 11th at 9 a.m. I can do that. I want you to raise your hand, keep it up, keep it up. There are hands all across the room. Now put your hands down. Maybe you're in here and you've been trying to have somebody come with you on Thursday nights and they just keep saying no. For whatever reason, it is easier to get people to go and serve the community than it is to come to a church. If you're gonna ask somebody who's not in this room to come with you to serve on Wednesday, would you raise your hand? I wanna be praying for you. I see you, 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 I see you. Oh, that's too many. I wanna be praying for you. You can put your hand down. See, after worship, I'm gonna give you a person in the back, her name's Maddie, who you can go to and say, you know what, I raised my hand. I need to be there on Wednesday. I need to, there's just something in my heart that's telling me I gotta be there on Wednesday. I can't miss that opportunity to serve my city. If you had your hand up just moments ago, at the end of tonight, after worship, I want you to go to Maddie, just create a line. I want you to give her your name and your number. We're creating a little group chat. And we're gonna go serve our city. See, in this moment, as we get ready to worship, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. 
Maybe you just moments ago raised your hand and said, hey, I'll go serve. But I don't really know Christ yet. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never said the prayer of salvation, if you don't know if you were to die tonight where you would be, who you would spend eternity with, I want you to make that decision right now. I wanna plead with you that Jesus who stepped out of heaven, who made himself man, who gave everything up, his life for your past, present, and future sins. All that he asked of us is that we declare with our mouth that he's the Lord of our life and that he's our savior. And it says that we're saved. And so we never want anybody to say that prayer alone. So we want everybody to say it together. So CU College, would you repeat this prayer after me? Would you say, dear Jesus, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. Please come into my life. Transform me. I choose you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If that was you tonight and you said that for the first, only, and last time, would you raise your hand right now? Go ahead and raise your hand. If you made that decision tonight, I see you, I see you. It's incredible. If you have your hand up, would you look at me? Would you look at me? See, tonight, you just made the best decision of your entire life. You all have phones on you? You all have phones on you? Yes, yeah. You can go ahead and pull your phone out. I don't care if they wait a little bit. You can go ahead and pull your phone out. I'm gonna give you my number and then I'm gonna group text you in with my assistant. We just have some resources that we wanna get to you guys, okay? All right? You all ready? Ready for my number? 770-715-8651. Just text me and say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus. Very simple and send your name as well. I'll be able to group text you in. Everybody look up at me. Guys, we can't make life about ourselves. I hope you heard the conviction in my voice. I hope you hear me pleading with you that when you get yourself away and you put it down, you make things about Christ, your life will be radically changed. It really will. Are you gonna get it perfect all the time? No, you won't. I'm not telling you that I do, because I don't. What I am telling you is that if you're progressing to become more like Jesus, humility is where you have to start. I want everybody to stand up to your feet. I'm gonna pray for us as the worship team comes out. Dear God, thank you for tonight. God, I pray for each and every person in here that made that commitment to saying, I'm gonna serve my city. I'm gonna make things about other people. God, I pray for revival to break out next Wednesday. I pray that there would be people who pray for people in our city that have never prayed for another person before. God, I pray for CU College. This is a turning point for us to quit looking inward and begin to look outward. That as school starts, we are all over TAMUCC. We are all over Del Mar and we're bringing people in by the droves because of the message of Jesus Christ. God, that's our hope. God, I pray for humility. Pray for those individuals that prayed the prayer of salvation, that gave their life to you for the first, only, and last time in this moment. That as they begin to worship, they would find a new sense of freedom, God. You can only find when you come home. God, I pray that as we go throughout this week, that we would feel encouraged to become more like you in this way. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for you. We ask it all in your name. Amen.